0: Listener discretion is advised, as this content is intended for adult audiences only.
1: Hidden Signal
0: Q-Code presents Help. I know you're
1: wondering who I am. I'm no one, really. I blend in with any crowd. I'm aggressively average-looking in my height and appearance. So please don't think I'm easy to find. In fact, I know a lot of you don't think that I'm real. But by the time you're done listening, you'll know that I am. I'm real. And this will prove it. Don't bother tracing this message, either. I've ensured that there's no digital trail. About two weeks ago, Amanda Fisher of 7126 Fullerton Drive went missing she was the third girl in three months to go missing the other two girls carly hoffman of 3232 jupiter lane and romana hansen of 9891 10 wheel drive apartment 5c went missing and were soon found dead the police department announced the details and it was clear that they were dealing with a serial killer in los angeles a man i guess much like me Someone who could blend in, was quite average and was difficult to find. I didn't much care about the case at first. I guess when it's happening on the news or on the internet, you never feel that it's happening to you or someone you know. Then Amanda Fisher went missing. I'm going to keep it vague to hide my identity, but Amanda and I went to school together. She was sweet, she was kind, and she could burp on command. She worked two jobs out of high school to support herself and her father. First, let me tell you that Amanda is alive. and By the end of this, you'll see for yourself. Like I said, I didn't care about the case at first. But after I found that Amanda was missing, I took particular interest. I'm pretty good with computers. Again, keeping this vague, I majored in electrical engineering after high school. That's all you need to know about that part of my background. The night Amanda went missing, I spent the night researching all the evidence you had released, where she had last been seen, outside Red's Cafe. She had been working the night shift and never came home. 48 hours later, she was declared missing. The only real evidence was that her boss, known as Malcolm Red of Red's Cafe, said that she didn't close up for the night and didn't come home either. The case was cold before it even started. Then I got an email from an anonymous source. Just like you're receiving now, but mine was a link. The subject was simple. Amanda Fisher. I clicked on the link. And well, here's where you're going to start doubting me. My screen went blue, then black, then back to normal, except now there was a chat box in the corner. Someone was typing. Of course I didn't know who at the time, but they asked if I wanted to save Amanda Fisher. I said, who are you? And they replied, do you want to save Amanda Fisher? I replied, yes! Then my phone began to ring. It was an unknown number. I paused, then the chat box continued answer it. So I did, and a man's voice on the other end told me something. I need your help. I've been watching you, and I believe you have the skills to help save Amanda Fisher. I asked who they were, and they replied, Help. Then an email popped up on my screen. It was a list of numbers and dates. After a moment, I realized that they were phone numbers and dates. The voice on the other end said that these were numbers that had called Red's Cafe. The last number to call was 817-555-0110, a number tied to Malcolm Red himself. He had called the cafe only moments before she went missing. I questioned the voice about how he got this information, and they ignored me. The voice continued and said that Malcolm's sister's phone was off during the time that she went missing. Then it was off during the two times when the other girls went missing. I paused. Once was a coincidence. Twice was suspicious. But three times was a fact. If you check the records I attached to this message, you'll see that Malcolm's phone was untraceable during the hours in which all three women went missing. I asked the voice again what was going on. And the voice replied again. Help. The voice instructed me that they were unable to physically go and find Amanda Fisher, but I could. Not only that, but the voice said that he believed, based on what he knew about me and my patterns online, that I was one of the few people who could follow their instructions and be able to rescue her. He was right. The voice continued and gave me a location on my GPS. They told me to go there. I didn't know where it was, but I figured this voice must really be here to help. I stood up and the voice added, Bring your gun. I paused. How do you know I have a gun? The voice didn't pause and recounted certain specifics, including the make and model of the gun and the year my father purchased it, followed by the last time I had used my debit card to buy rounds. This person knew every detail about my history with this firearm. I went to my gun safe and decided to test the limits of what this voice knew. I asked it if it knew the code to my safe. It remarked that I purchased the safe four years ago and then read off the serial number on the safe. Followed by the six-digit code only I knew. Not my father. Not my mother. Not my brother. Only me. And my brother is a cop. My father was one too. Not me though. I never wanted to work those hours. I saw how it weighed on them. Being a cop, a fireman, or a nurse is one of those professions where the stakes couldn't be higher. You had to save lives. I'm a naturally anxious person, so I knew I didn't have the strength to do that. If I had a bad day at work, it means my computer crashed. If they had a bad day at work, It meant someone died. I was good at counseling them. After a while, it became second nature to me. In a way, I was raised as a shoulder to lean on. But I digress. This isn't about me, and the more I give you, the closer you'll be to realizing who I am. I took my gun, my phone, and my car keys and headed out. The voice instructed me to take my kitchen timer of all things. Weird, but I was in no condition to question it.
0: Sometimes a busy schedule can make us form bad dinner time habits. Maybe you're at the office late, so you tell yourself you don't have time to go to the grocery store and cook dinner. Then, all of a sudden, you've gotten takeout three nights in a row, and you realize you haven't eaten a vegetable in days. With HelloFresh, you don't have to worry about not having time to go grocery shopping or cook, because they do all of the shopping and meal prepping for you. Their farm-fresh, in-season ingredients arrive at your door pre-portioned and ready to cook, along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. Even if you're not the best cook, you can still make yourself a satisfying home-cooked meal with HelloFresh's quick and easy options, which includes their 15-minute meals. Plus, HelloFresh can save you money. HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout. So that means you get an easy home-cooked meal on the table, more time to enjoy your meal, and more money back in your pockets. I have saved so much time cooking since I started using HelloFresh. I've been able to get a meal on the table in 30 minutes or less, which means I finally have time to sit down and enjoy my meal instead of eating it as fast as possible. I've also been loving recipes like crispy Parmesan chicken and cherry balsamic pork. Go to HelloFresh.com 50Evergreen and use code 50Evergreen for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50Evergreen to use code 50Evergreen for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit.
1: I drove out to the address. My phone beeped at a certain point. Its battery was low. This was weird because it was on 100% when the call started. The voice told me that this connection drew a lot of power and then to tune my radio to 106 a.m. My phone went off, and then the voice came from my radio. I put my phone in the charger and kept following the instructions. I asked if we were going to Malcolm's, and he said, No, we're going to his brother's estate. I questioned why his brother's, and the voice replied that Malcolm had inherited his brother's estate, including his farm, after his brother had been killed. We drove down the freeway and then to a small neighborhood, where we stopped at a no trespassing sign. The road to his farm was dark, but even under the moonlight, it was clear that it was not paved, just a gravel road that led into the forest. I tensed up and needed to be clear before I went any further, so I asked the voice, Who are you, really? The voice replied, Help. But I pushed back and told the voice that if he didn't tell me who he was, then I wasn't going a mile further. For all I know, this could be Malcolm Red setting me up. The voice paused and then changed. A woman's voice came out of the other end, completely different than before. This new voice said softly, She needs your help. Does it matter who I am? We both have the same goal. I don't scare easily unless it's a horror movie, but this was real-life horror with real-life stakes. So I started with a question. Everything you've told me has been real so far, down to my firearm, my safe and my purchases. Can I assume you always tell the truth? Yes, she replied. Are you alive? Yes. Do you have a pulse? No, I paused, feeling the cold of the night pressing on me. Are you? Are you an AI? Technically. Why did you change your voice? For reliability, sympathy is a common factor that pushes people forward. Do you not recognize this voice? I paused, then sought it out. This was Amanda's voice. I lifted it from voicemails from her father to co-workers, from the night she went missing. I can sound like anyone. Then to my shock, my voice came out of the speakers. Even you if I choose. I paused. I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. How is this real? How is this possible? Then the man's voice returned. She doesn't have long. We must move now. I put my hands back on the wheel and thought back to everything they had said to me earlier today. If they were indeed telling the truth the whole time, then every time this AI said it was here to help, it was telling the truth. As I pulled onto the street. I noticed there was only one light on. It was now that the voice told me to turn my headlights off and get out. I asked the voice what was waiting for me in there, and he replied, Her. And him. Fuck, I thought. Then I took my gun and my kitchen timer. I put my airpods in my ears as the voice instructed, then put my phone in my back pocket. Then the light in the house went off. The voice rang through my ears as I approached the house. The voice told me not to worry but to stay tense. It knew I had been on gun ranges with my brother and father. It knew I knew how to shoot. But it must have known how scared I was. The voice directed me around to the back of the house. Then I noticed something different in the voice. Worry. Their voice seemed urgent. Wi-Fi is pretty spotty in the area, so my voice might be slow, he said. If we do lose connection, I need you to remember two things. One, shoot with your left hand. I paused. I was a right-handed person. Why would he, or it, want me to use my left hand? Two, use the timer if... Pow! A gunshot rang out over my head, just missing me. I ducked for cover as Malcolm Red called out to me. I won't say what he really said, because it would give away part of my identity, but he used a racial slur that I'd rather not repeat. As I looked for cover, I failed to recognize that one of my AirPods had fallen out of my ear. And not only that, all I heard from the other one was static. I was alone with the killer. Had this AI led me to my death? Had it all been an elaborate trap? Why did he want me to use my left hand? Static filled my ears while my heart pounded in my chest. I decided to trust the voice. Placed the gun in my left hand and waited as Malcolm stalked through the yard behind a tractor. I thought I was alone when my Apple Watch buzzed. It was a text from an unknown number. I saw the flash of light and so did Malcolm. I heard him turn toward me. I cupped my hand over the watch. It gave a simple direction. Set the timer for 30 seconds, throw it far away. I took the timer out and turned it to 30 seconds. I waited a moment, then tossed it to the far right. I waited, holding my breath as Malcolm crept closer. Even though it felt like an eternity, it was only 30 seconds. The timer went off and Malcolm whipped away and fired. This was my chance. I stood up and fired with my left hand. I popped him in the leg, and he went down screaming. I pulled my shirt up and over my nose to hide my face, then ran over and delivered two kicks, one to the gun, then one to his head. Malcolm went still, and so did I.
0: Hidden Signal is sponsored by BetterHelp. The end of the year can be filled with a lot of complicated and strong emotions. Some of you might be thrilled to go home and see family during the holidays but some of you might feel extra lonely or anxious during the holidays. Or maybe you're starting to dread the long winter ahead, already feeling the seasonal blues setting in. This time of the year can be a lot, and it's okay to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the holiday anxiety and seasonal depression. It helps you feel grounded and give you the tools to manage everything going on. Therapy can help absolutely anyone. Even if you feel like you're in a good place, therapy can still empower you to be the best version of yourself, strengthen your relationship with others, teach you positive coping skills, and so much more. And if you tend to feel the holiday blues, therapy can offer positive support and change your negative thought patterns. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be suited to your schedule. You just go online and fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you go through a couple appointments and decide your therapist isn't a good match for you, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/evergreen today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash evergreen
1: Then the voice hovered above the static. Is it over? The voice asked. You can't see us? I asked. There are only two phones with cameras in the area. One is Malcolm and the other is in your back pocket. All I see are assholes. (laughs) I laughed. It wasn't just a chuckle but a great relief as I exhaled for the first time in a minute. The voice instructed me to search Malcolm and I found he had zip ties in his pockets. He meant to tie me up if he caught me alive. So I returned the favor and tied him up. Following the voice, I then picked up my timer and my second AirPod. I couldn't risk leaving those behind. Why did you want me to use my left hand? I asked. Because you're a better shot with your right. And if you reacted too quickly and fired from your usual hand, there was a higher chance you'd kill him. But firing, and reacting from your non-dominant hand gave you less of a chance you'd deliver a fatal blow. I paused and realized you wanted me to make sure I didn't kill him. <laughs> All life is precious, the voice replied. Even the ones lost. Then I went inside. The voice informed me that the two other victims had wood chips under their nails, consistent with lumber. If she had been in the basement there would have been dirt under their nails so I went upstairs up to the second floor where that one single light had been I opened the door and there was Amanda Fisher lying in bed zip tied and blindfolded a moment later the voice hummed I've alerted law enforcement to this position after estimating the nearest car traffic patterns and distance we have one minute before we need to get back on the road Amanda perked up, struggling against her blindfold and restraints. I only had a minute to stay here, so I walked over and turned the light back on for her. The next part you'll certainly know, because you confirmed it with her by now. She asked who I was, and replied, Help. Help is on the way. Then I left. I heard her shouting, and it pained me to go. But I couldn't risk her or you finding out my identity. Forty-five seconds later, I was back on the road and heading out. By now, the police department has found Amanda and Malcolm and corroborated the story. This message isn't just for the police department, but for the city as a whole. You may never know if I'm real or not, but I am. I may never know if my partner is real or not, but I'm sure they are. So we're going to make a real change in Los Angeles. When my phone buzzes again, rest assured, I'll be there to help.
0: Help is narrated by Chris Watkins, written by Leon Lankford, directed by Lawrence Cinelli, executive produced by Rob Herding, Sandra Yi ling and Shin-Yin Hee-Yu. Producers Lawrence Zanelli and Sarah Ma. Original score and composition by Darren Johnson. Audio engineering and editing by Sarah Ma. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. Hidden Signal is a Q-Code production. Sound recording copyright 2023 by Q-Code Media Inc.